the Can-Am League season's in full swing, and there's a lot to discuss. And the same is true in the Atlantic League. So, we will talk about them and everything in Independent League Baseball, here on the second solo edition of the Indie Ball Report Podcast. Alright, so once again, it's just me here. Once again, little problem with scheduling. Uh, something came up, so I'm the only one here this week. Episode 21, that'll be our normal episode with two people again. Uh, episode 20, though, it's just going to be me, just Nick here. Sorry about that, guys, but that's just the way things go sometimes. But we still got a lot to discuss on this episode, so we might as well jump into it. Uh, once again, it being that it's just me, it'll probably be a bit of a shorter show. And unfortunately for y'all this week, there is no bonus episode whatsoever. So just going to be this one, your usual Saturday episode. It'll probably be about 25, 30 minutes. So, you know, it's only about 20 minutes shorter than usual, 25 at most. So I'm sorry about that, but we'll try and go a bit longer next week then to kind of compensate for it. But uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. But we'll go ahead and try to keep to uh, the usual form as much as possible. Uh, we'll talk about a lot of Atlantic League and a good chunk of Can-Am League. Yeah, the other leagues, not so much this week. We were half-joking last week when we said uh, the East Coast is all we care about, uh, in the sense of that we can only really talk intelligently about the East Coast leagues. Yeah, now we'll talk, uh, me and James will come on and break down our plan going forward with the American and Frontier Association slash leagues, as well as everything else in our realm. We'll have kind of a concrete plan for you guys next week that we're, we've been discussing about for a little bit here because we want to try and uh, get a more concise plan going forward here because I know there's a decent amount of people, it appears, that are interested in the other leagues that we don't talk a lot about and uh, a lot of people that are interested in other content that we don't really stay on top of as much. And I want to kind of lay it out for everybody so that way they kind of know what to expect, being that uh, we're kind of getting into the heart of things and it's going to get really hard to stay on top of all the news, all the information. You know, it's a lot easier in the off season, you know, in January, February, March, even April. It's really easy to keep on top of these things because there's just, there's just not much happening. You know, it's just filtering small bits of news and, you know, their 40 minute shows where we just kind of make them a mountain out of a molehill on news. And when you have a lot of play going on, you have four different leagues all playing at the same time. It's a lot more difficult to kind of keep up with every league and go and and watch dozens of games every night. I mean, in the Atlantic League alone, there's going to be on average four games a night. In Can-Am, three. So right there's seven. Then if you look over to leagues that have about 12 members, 10 members each, that's another 11 games that you got to watch. So we're talking like two dozen games a night here. And that's just a lot to kind of keep on top of and do that uh, seven days a week and then be able to talk with each one of those teams. It's very difficult to do. So we kind of want to find a new medium to reach to and uh, kind of narrow down our focus a bit. Obviously, the plan going forward will still always be to uh, talk about as much as possible all of independent league baseball, but kind of going forward in the future, uh, the main bulk of the plan is just kind of to focus on a couple of leagues here, which if you've been listening at any point for the past two months, I think you can kind of get a general read on uh, what leagues we're going to lean towards there. But uh, in any case, uh, that kind of decision will be reached next week, and we'll announce all that next week, probably at the end of that show, but maybe at the beginning. But uh, you'll, I guess you'll have to tune in to listen and uh, find out. 
Let's get started with our usual bit here in the Atlantic League. A couple of important series here, mainly Somerset and Long Island. Uh, but before we jump into that series that took place at the end of the week, and that saw Long Island kind of reestablish where they're at and establish that they are still the, do- the top dog, the team to beat in this division, uh, let's go and take a look at um, the week in whole and see who was a high riser this week, who was kind of a, a not-so-hot player this week. Uh, taking a look at all the stats, all the information here that we got, I gotta say, I'm, no one really jumped out to me this week. Uh, everybody was just kind of meh. Like a general meh overall. Uh, teams would have a good two or three game stretch, they'd win three or four in a row, and then they'd come back with a two or three game losing streak. A uh, team would go into uh, the final two games of the week, this being six through twelve, so I guess we talked about a little bit of this uh, last week, at least the Thursday games from that time then, but even still looking forward here, it's just teams would go in winning three or four in a row. Like, for example, Southern Maryland going into the final two days this week were four and two on the week. They come away at uh, four and four. So just not really much happening here, not much movement. Uh, Somerset's the only team that really did have a good week, which they, they definitely needed that. Uh, they were struggling a lot last week. Uh, the struggle is still there when you look at underlying numbers, as I'm prone to point out here. But... Uh, they beat teams, but even then they beat teams you were expecting to beat. They uh, took a game or two against Southern Maryland, then they beat up on York, sweeping York actually, uh, and then they went into Long Island. So, I mean, four wins against teams that you should beat. I can't really praise you that much for it when you're playing two, actually the two worst teams in your league. You're kind of expected to beat them. So I can't really uh, give you a pat on the back for that. Uh, but even still, I think Somerset's a good place to kind of dive into this week. In that, uh, I'm not really sold on them overall as a team. I'm sold on their pitching staff. It's very good. Uh, they don't really allow a lot of runs as far as runs allowed this week. They only allowed 12 in seven games, or in six games. So averaging two games, uh, or two runs a game allowed is definitely, uh, definitely a plus, a plus. And, uh, you'll win games like that, but when you only score 20 runs, you're not going to win a lot of games like that. I mean, you're, the run differential is still positive, which is good. It's a plus eight. But even then, I, I'm i just not sold on them. I don't think this is going to carry them through. And as we saw against Long Island, it just didn't. Uh, 3-2 loss and a 3-1 loss and then a loss last night. I believe that was uh, on a 5-3 loss. So it shows me that when they go up against a really strong offensive team, they're not as inclined to perform as well as they can. And once again, it's very hard to judge Somerset this week just off of their competition. It's kind of like saying, how good is UCF's football team when they're playing a bunch of Conference USA opponents? They're clearly not as good as, say, Alabama, who is playing a bunch of SEC guys. It's just a completely different level of talent here. But it's just something to watch with them. Uh, There's definitely a lot of talent on the team. That much is for certain. Though, with their pitching staff between uh, Dormady uh, Kubiak's come down to earth, but he's still pitching very good. Oberholtz's kind of settled down after a couple of rough starts. So there's definitely a lot of talent there. O'Sullivan, another guy. Uh, Mike Antonini's just been lights out in the bullpen. Uh, as a first-year closer, he's just been dominant there. So uh, he's definitely a guy to watch out for here. Honestly, there's a couple of pitchers on this team in general. I'm kind of surprised they're even still well on the team. I would have thought they would have been signed to affiliate ball. Uh, Kubiak's a definite guy like that, and Mike Antonin's another guy. 
taking the guys that you would start and use for like a week or two in double A and then bump them up to triple A shortly thereafter and see what they have and at least hold on to them, hold on to them until August. But, um, you know, it's very surprising with, with that there. Uh, any case from Somerset, uh, New Britain, York, Southern Maryland, they all had relatively speaking good weeks. Uh, obviously Southern Maryland kind of died out towards the end of the week. New Britain kind of came on as well as York towards the end of the week. Uh, a couple of impressive games, a couple of impressive wins. Uh, High Point seems to just not be able to beat York at all. We'll jump on the High Point's train in a minute. They're still uh, not doing great attendance-wise, but in any case, uh, you know, they struggled. They struggled this week, York. Um, the four losses there, three of which to uh, Somerset. Getting swept's never a fun thing at all. And then the one loss to High Point, but uh, overall, they did well against High Point, but struggled against Somerset, so I'm not sure if that's an indication of how the Liberty Division will turn out, just class-wise. Uh, some teams can beat bad teams, some teams can't, or maybe it's just York has High Point's number. Maybe it's something like that. I'm, it's hard to say. Uh, as for Southern Maryland, uh, they did all right. Uh, they took a couple games against uh, Sugarland, which is the surprising thing here. They took uh, two against Sugarland and then two against uh, New Britain which I thought was a very interesting series, New Britain and uh, Southern Maryland. And in just in the sense that they're both teams that have good elements to their game, but definitely have their giant glaring flaws. Um, with New Britain, it's just their offense seems a bit where they'll show up in bursts. They'll show up in five run outbursts or 11 run outbursts, and then they'll just kind of dry up and get shut out 7 nothing, or they'll, or they'll lose 4 nothing. It seems like in their losses, they're just not producing, with the exception of a, of a 9-6 loss earlier this week to Lancaster. But it's uh, their offense is a bit like that. Uh, their defense is also troubling to me, uh, just looking at it. Uh, they did not really produce very well this week for them, and in fact committed several key errors. Not where you want to be in your division. It's uh, very troubling for me to see them doing that. Seeing as they have a lot of time or a lot of uh, work to do to catch up with everyone else in their division. Uh, moving from High Point, Southern Maryland, uh, they're still kind of spinning their tires. They need to do better than, than uh, 500. It is better. It is an improvement, but even still, all the improvement in the world can only help you so much. Uh, you know, last week they go three and four. Now they're four and four. You need to do better than that. You need to have like five and two weeks, six and one weeks. Like you can't afford to be going 500. You kind of blew that when you had a pair of really, really bad weeks. The, the Blue Crabs, they need to do something. They need to make a big push here. But yeah, at this point in the season, and after having those bad weeks, like I keep uh, coming back to, the Crabs need to start doing a lot better than that. I'm not sure how serious they are about contending, seeing as Nina left. Now, whether or not that was by his request or not, I don't know, and even saying so or insinuating so would be a bit uh, speculative. But I just have a very hard time seeing them coming back. I have a harder time seeing York doing that, though, not that they have lost their, their key ace in Grimes, who has left to go play in, I believe it's Korea now, or uh, Taiwan, rather, my mistake. This to elect Matt Grimes, but... It kind of leaves York in a rough spot here, even though they did come up with a couple of key wins against High Point. But kind of switching gears now to High Point, they've struggled mightily this week. 
I just, I'm not seeing them winning uh, this first half now. I think they're kind of out of it. And I think what we found in the beginning would be the case is now true. It is a two-horse race here between Somerset and Ling Island. Just because High Point really blew it this week. At three and five in a division that's very tight. I think they just lost too much ground here. Uh, they lost games they needed to win. They lost several key games to York. They lost another key game to Long Island. They did manage to go 2-1 and one against Long Island, so that is kind of their saving grace in the week. But even still, you, you can't drop a whole series to York. I mean, they won't, they've only won one game against York this week in the, let's see, five times they played. That's not good. You cannot get away with that. York is not a good enough team where you can justify losing to them that many times. I, I can't really say for certainty that I expect them to contend when they just cannot put together... They really just can't put together anything there. In the sense that they just can't beat York. And that is just something that really kind of sticks with me. And I know you're saying, oh, well, maybe they just have their number. Maybe York's just hot at the moment. But when York did not play them, they got swept. Now, granted, it was three close games, but close doesn't really matter in baseball. It matters, did you or did you not? And in this particular instance, they just simply did not. That's just all I really have on high point. It's, I just, I'm kind of left there. I think they're certainly going to be the third place team here. And I think their best shot is now kind of aiming for the second half. I think, uh, after losing Bruchette and losing Austin to Affiliated Bowl, it's just going to be a tougher hill for them to climb now. So it's going to be interesting to see how they're able to bounce back from that. I guess we'll have to wait and see there. Uh, just kind of finishing up now, looking back over at the Freedom Division. Um, everything's just about the same here. You still have, like we just said, uh, Southern Maryland and York. They're fighting for last. Lancaster, they go 3-4, and four, but so did Chickenland, so it's kind of neutral there. It's just a very weak Freedom Division this year, and Unless something changes in the second half, that's all there is. So, Sugar Lines already punched their ticket. I think they've known that 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 was going to be the case from opening day on, and nothing's really told us otherwise at this point. So, best of luck to them, and then just swinging back around to look at Long Island. Uh, also, the two losses this week to High Point, nothing really terrible happened. Uh, they took a 7-0 win against New Britain. They managed to hold their own for the most part against uh, High Point. A couple of bad losses, but that's about it. And then they solemnly beat the Patriots in. Uh, just pretty obvious that one team is uh, the better team here. I think Long Island's just about uh, won this uh, first half here. But uh, once again, that's not terribly shocking to anybody that's watching. Um, also, David Washington made a couple of nice plays this week. Uh, one was on SportsCenter, too, so he has that going for him as well. You know, I think that's about all I got on the Atlantic League this week. It's going to be interesting to see here. Uh, the Patriots have a, a fairly large series against the Southern Maryland here. Another team they should beat if they aren't able to sweep them. Uh, they're really going to be put behind the eight ball here. So they, they need to come up with something big here. Otherwise, um, the curtain may be falling on uh, their first half. Yeah, with that all being said here, I think I've uh, prattled on enough about the Atlantic League, and now I can make a nice, smooth transition switch to the Can-Am League. It was an eventful week. Uh, we saw Sussex went ahead and reaffirmed their dominance this week. Uh, they, they're still running very strong, especially now that they signed Mikey Reynolds, too. They're, their infield's essentially Trey Hill, plus the infield that won them 
the uh, championship last year. So basically sub Trey, uh, Trey Hare in, in exchange for Martin Figueroa. And that's what you got. So it's a very dominant infield there. And keep in mind, Pedro Siriaco is still on the uh, disabled list. So when he comes back, it's going to really start ramping up for them. Uh, more than that, though, um, Brizuela, he's also raking very, he's raking right now. He's playing very well, too, for them. Uh, a little bit, uh, concerned about Troy Dixon. The back half of their lineup, it really isn't hitting right now. Uh, Brandon Downs also is not playing very well at the moment. Uh, he started coming around the last few games, but, uh, still, he's batting sub 200, so that's still a concern of mine, uh, going forward there. And outside of that, though, they're doing very well. Uh, Frank Duncan obviously throwing a no-hitter on Thursday night, one walk away from a uh, perfect game. However, when you do look back, uh, first batter in the bottom of the fifth, I believe it's Alfredo Marte, uh, Marte. He was safe at first. He was called out, but if you watch the webcast and then you stop it, or if you just go to our uh, Twitter account, uh, IndieBallPod, and you look back at the recent tweets I put out because I was watching this game, after I'd seen that it popped up, oh, well, we got a no-hitter, oh, let me watch it. So when I was watching it, I was going through, and there was a close play at first right there, like I said, in the bottom of the pit. So I paused that I got lucky enough to get the exact moment, rather. And you could see Marte's foot hit the bag, and that ball was nowhere near the mitt yet. It was just one of those ones where you got to call in your favor. Simple as that. I guess every no-hitter needs a play like that, but at the end of the day, you just... You see it and you're like, ah, I mean, it counts to him and it counts to Sussex and it counts uh, in all the meaningful ways, but does it really? I guess the question we're asking here, but in any case, Frank Duncan has been a dominant pitcher to this point here. Uh, by and large, uh, Su- uh, Sussex has been a fairly dominant team this way and they look poised to repeat again this year as they truly look like they are the new class of the Can-Am League here as Quebec Wall coming back up this week, they're still... They're struggling now. Uh, they're going to have to come back around here. I still see them making the postseason. They're too talented of a roster to not. Although Ottawa, Rockland, and uh, New Jersey are making it very interesting. Really, at this point in the season, it is a bit too early to be saying you're in, you're out, because anything can happen. I mean, Sussex could lose that whole infield and Duncan, and then all of a sudden now you have a bunch of guys that aren't really with the team here. They don't really know what they're doing as much. They're not as talented as the original guys are, and they can miss. I doubt that will happen, but it's still possible. You could see Taylor Brennan leave, and then Three Rivers is completely gone. You could see uh, you could see uh, anything really happen here. You could see some large Major League veteran get signed to any number of teams, and then that would just push them up. Uh, Sirianca could come back, and he could just start pushing Sussex way up out of everybody's reach and make it a non-contest and the other three spots just mere formalities for them to be beaten. Anything's possible this early on here, but any event, it's, uh, it's very difficult to say who's going to be in, but it certainly looks like Three Rivers is struggling the most here. Ottawa's kind of starting to tread water a little bit, but they're staying put at about 500, so it'll be interesting to see. 500 last year, We'll get you pushing for the postseason there. I believe it would have gotten you the last spot that um, Three Rivers actually managed to snag last year. And like I said, anything is really possible in, in the Can-Am League. So, it, once again, it'll be something to watch here. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as the Canadian teams go, they're all struggling to start the year, or at least uh, not jumping up to a huge lead. 
Rockland's starting to cool off a bit, but Rockland's kind of, they started off a bit slow, and then they got really hot, and now they're starting to come back down to normal. They have a nice little homestand here, so they look to kind of jump back into the hunt again. Uh, the Jackals, they, well, they got no hit, and now they they got a bit of a, they got a road trip up to Rockland, so they'll look to kind of recover from that. They almost blew a big game on Wednesday. Uh, big lead, and then Castillo comes in and allows five runs, and luckily they got, they managed to save the day here, but, man, they were one big hit away from breaking it open, and, uh, it's gonna be a problem. But, uh, yeah, that's the case for them, and, uh, yeah, that's about the size of everything there in the Can-Am League, uh, at least as it looks right now. Yeah, that's about all I got on them. Uh, attendance-wise for them, it's kind of surprising. Uh, yes, this is actually something I wanted to touch on. Attendance-wise, it's not the usual suspects. Normally, it's the Canadian teams at the top. Right? It's normally actually Quebec, Rockland, and then whichever team's better between the remaining two Canadians, they come in at three, and the other one comes in at four, and then it's the Jackals at five, and then Miners at six. However, it's the complete opposite this time around here. Uh, this this go-around, to this point in the season, it's been Rockland at one, with the Miners at three, Jackals at two, and then all the Canadian teams filtering in afterwards, which is kind of surprising to me. I thought those fan bases were pretty strong and would just kind of come out here, but I guess the uh, lack of winning ways in the Great White North uh, just don't help the attendance numbers, so that's going to be something to watch out for. As we know, uh, attendance issues aren't just a, uh, a single issue, as it were. So, yeah, I think that's about all I have here this week. Uh, once again, it's a bit of a shorter episode, but what are you going to do about that? Uh, when it's a one-man show, like I've said in the past, it's kind of hard to carry. So uh, we'll be back again next week. Episode 21 will be your usual full-length show, probably a bit larger or longer than normal. Um, it'll be a great show, as always. And uh, you can find this show, any future shows, and all the past shows on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Podomatic, of course. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review there. Uh, so that way you don't miss any episodes, and that way you make it easier for your friends to find and make it for other people to find as well. Stay up to date with everything we're doing. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at IndieBallReport and on Twitter at IndieBallPod. And then don't forget to visit our website to read articles and reviews and watch the videos, listen to the podcast, anything and everything related to IndieBall is on the IndieBall Report website at www.indieballreport.com. So with all that being said, all the plugs being done, be sure to keep a watchful eye out on everything. And until we speak next time, don't forget to go and play ball.